Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to now um, sort of set off on a new direction, um, play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Bentancourt! Through for Pedro Toro. And he smashed it in! Oh, that's a great stop from Vicario. And Kurosevsky rolls it in! Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs, your award-winning Tottenham Hotspur podcast. We are back. Just to confirm, the transfer window is still open. Don't close your eyes. Don't close off now. We're still open for business here, despite the fact we have done some early business during this window. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes or on Spotify. We're across all major audio platforms. We're course on X. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook too. We're joined by a very, very special returning journalist to the show. But alongside me, it feels like as always for these shows, and I love seeing this man's face, because you know when you see this man, it's a transfer window or there's a very, very big Spurs game that is covering. It can really be wonderful. Matty Hayes, back, back, back. Matt. How are you, my man? Love to be back alongside me. Lovely to be back on with you, Ricky. As always, looking forward to, to a fantastic show, as, as is always the case on here, and looking forward to digging into a good performance and a good window as well. Matt, are we in a really unique position here where we've got absolute top-tier journalists joining us between now and the rest of the month? And it feels almost like at the moment that, look, I think whilst everyone is really, really happy by the start of the window, I think there are still many out there like me and you that would still like to see some improvement in certain areas of the squad. But is it weird that we're slightly... Am I right? Forgive me if I'm using the wrong word here, Matt. Are we comfortable at the moment? I don't know what that means. You're going <laughs> to might have to, to look that one up. No, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that there's, there's been more than once in the past where we felt like it was different. We, we've been told it was going to be different. I think this is probably the first time where... Where, where it's actually happening you know two deals done in the first 11 days of the window was it and you know we, we'd all love to see another one come in but whether I, I think 
we've always gone into the last couple of days of the window saying we need to get this player to have a chance in the second half of the season. Whereas now we're saying we'd like to get a player just to make it a 10 out of 10 window because it's up there as a, a 7, 8, maybe even a 9 uh, out of 10 already. So it's unique. It's weird. But um, it's good that we've got some some brilliant insight with us to, to try and actually make sense of it all. Absolutely. Now, it's quite a nice position this journalist comes onto the show because Ben on the last couple of times he's been on, it has been in the point of crisis where we're pleading, Sammy, let us know something, anything, what's happening, give us something, anything. And he's smiling, which obviously means we could be smiling. And we've got the wonderful look, chief football reporter for the mail. Does so much online with them. We've got wonderful Sammy Mottbell back on last one on Spurs. Sam, lovely to have you here, mate. Look, we're in a good point at the moment. We're in a good place. How are you first? Matt, how's your window going at the moment? Yeah, window. Listen, the January ones are weird because, unlike Tottenham, like Tottenham have got their business done. And you guys, as you say, Ricky, for the first time in years, you're comfortable sitting here on January the 15th. You're happy with what you've done. But a lot of clubs, I think, are going to wait uh, until the, the latter, the latter sort of couple, a few like three or four days of the window before doing their doing their business, just because there's there's better deals to be you know there's better deals to be had. I think uh, in terms of in terms of price and 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 how much how how much clubs are willing to pay and how much clubs are willing to sell their players for. Um, the good thing with Tottenham is that they've identified their targets really really early. They've obviously got a strategy that they that they that they you know, put together before the window even started and they've moved and they've moved really, really efficiently to go and get those players over the line. You know, Dragusin, um, you know, that, that, that deal has been in the offing since, you know, almost since the start of, since the start of, of, of December and that, and, and, and that, and that's been moving along really, really nicely. Uh, and that deal's now over the line. And obviously the Werner one that, that broke, um, couple of Saturdays ago, Saturday morning, I remember it now. And, uh, you know, that, that came, that took everyone by surprise. Um, but again, that, that deal was wrapped up in, a, in, in, you know, in a, in a matter of days really. And it's, and, it, and it's testament to, I think the the way that, that Tottenham have handled this window now that, you know, that we're sitting here, as we say on January the 15th and you, you kind of, you guys are pretty happy with the way things have gone, I think. Yeah, which again, I think is interesting, Sam, given the amount of years we've had you on last one on Spurs and, mate, there's yeah. been some difficult windows, we know. I mean, look, we've been dragging you out to the 30, 31st and saying, Sam, is this still going to happen? I mean, look, we've been there under, of course, the Pedro Porro times and, of course, Benton Cork, Kulisevsky. And look, with all genuine, you know, humbleness at the moment, we are in a good position. But I think we've said this point and we met before that it's all very well doing it one window. I think what we want to see, Matt, is that continuous now cycle from the club that isn't just going to be, a, you know, a full storm. We want to see this continually where the manager is being packed. How important is that for you, Matt? You know, again, we talk about the fact that, you know, and we feel at the moment has been back so far this window. I know you're the same as me, Matt. I feel we all would like to see maybe an additional player come in, maybe a central midfielder. But how important is that, Matt, to not get away from the fact that this can't be a one-off? We need Spurs to be acting like a big club like this every single window, Matt. It's absolutely crucial, and it's it's something that that I'm hoping Daniel Levy and, and and the board will have learned from the past. You know, I think the most comparable period of Tottenham in recent history, looking at you know, comparing to now, would be when when things really started getting going under Pochettino, and we had a few good windows. We signed some some brilliant players, 
But then we went 18 months without signing anyone and, and it all started to unravel from there. And it was that, you know, not injecting any any fresh players into the squad and let things go a little bit stale. I think that the mentality when when you get so close to signing a Jack Grealish for so little and then watching him go and, and do what he's done, I think it, it just, everything goes a little bit too stale. So I'm hoping Levy will have looked back and he'll realise that we do need to keep things fresh. And look, like we said, we've been told in the past that things are going to be a little bit different. There's a reason right now that, that things are different. I'm sure Pastacoglu has played some part in that. I'm sure uh, Fabio Paratici has and and everyone else, Scott Munn, who's come in around that setup. I'm sure they're all playing a part. So let's hope that they can, you know, continue putting that pressure on Daniel Levy and and maybe continuing to to take a little bit of control of the the footballing side of the of the club away from him and and really, really kind of nail nail on what we're doing at the moment because it's working. We just need to keep at it, keep at it. And who who knows where it could bring us? Um but yeah, if 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 we haven't learned from that. Big, big questions will need to be asked, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure we have. Mm, amen. Like I say, Jamie's saying there, Matty is like drinking Coco co- 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 Smooth. <laughs> Look at that. What a problem that is, Thank mate. You, get, on, get, on the C- <laughs> get on the CV, Matt. I tell you what, we're going high up here. We're going high up like Coco, you know, these days. I'll have a T4 you know, on the wall next week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Sam, I've got to ask you. Do you feel this would be one of your quieter January windows in comparison to the last few years. I think many were looking at his window and we've seen obviously previous real high net spends. Do you feel in general with the Premier League, with FFP, and we'll come on to Spurs a little bit later on that subject, do you feel this will be one of your quieter January windows or can it all kick off a bit later on the window? What are you expecting? Yeah, listen, you never rule anything out, do you, in, in, in sort of transfer windows, particularly in January windows where, you know, Clubs who are, for example, threatened with relegation are, are, are desperate to, to, to strengthen their squads, and uh, I think I think there are a lot of clubs that are open for business, but I I just don't think because of the sort of reasons you've really touched on, Ricky, with regard to FFP, um, I I don't think that the, the clubs, certainly in the clubs in the Premier League, have the spending capacity that they that, that they have had in the past. Um, going into the window, a lot of the information that I was getting, and it, this isn't Tottenham related, because obviously we know you've gone on to to to, to, to sign Dragusin on a on a on, on a permanent deal, but you know a, a lot of the information that I was getting was that clubs would look to do loans, much like you've done with with, with Timo Werner, would rather do loans just to keep their squads ticking over until the end of the season before going again and doing the bulk of their spending ahead of ahead of next season in the summer. Um, I still expect that to be the case <clears throat> unless there are, you know, very good sort of cut price bargain deals that aren't available at the moment that become available um, later on in the window towards the latter, latter part of it. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, the financial fair play rules are, are, are impinging really on a, on a lot of the club's ability to do business and um, whether that's, Right or wrong is you know is is probably a completely different other show and it's an you know it's another debate but the rules are there the rules are there for a reason and 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 clubs have to have to abide by them or pay the consequences as, as we've seen with, with with Everton twice now this season and 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 Nottingham Forest today. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I know the Everton one is fairly unique given the fact they appealed a ban. Mm. And I've been charged again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. oh, listen, life as Everton fan looks tough at the moment. It really, really does look tough. Um, look, that's a great footballing club. Hopefully they'll find their way. I mean, Sean Dyche is a manager there. He'll be, I'm sure, firmly mm. putting his stake in the ground. That's for sure. Look, turn our attention back to Spurs. Sam, we're aware that obviously you was up at Old Trafford yesterday. 
Got to be honest, we'll, we'll touch upon this to begin with and we'll go on to Ange. I mean, look, from my perspective, it's not often in the last 20 years I go into Old Trafford and actually have genuine confidence that, number one, we're not going to lose the game. And number two, I'll be really, really disappointed if we don't come away with all the three points. And yesterday, for me, you know, I look at United at the moment. They are, well, to be honest with you, a complete opposite of where Spurs are. Spurs know their identity. They know mm. really what their best players are. They know their brand of football. They're going to carry on playing that football. When United, I mean, I'm sure Sam as well, I know you touch upon them as well. You're not sure what you're ever going to get with United. They're such an inconsistent football club. And I know, again, they've had that recent, obviously, of course, investment, which will take its time in terms yeah. of filtering through. But I look at games yesterday as a genuine real missed opportunity. And whilst I'm really proud of the players to come back twice, obviously we're aware of the fact there was illness that went right through the camp. And again, you know, and credit to him for using that squad accordingly, because look, I think we've always been the case, Matty, as well, that when Spurs in the past have really had to rotate three, four, five players out of the squad, those coming in simply have not been up to the task. And Spurs would normally go on to lose whatever Premier League game that would be. But that just shows you just how good and is it in terms of man motivating those players to have everybody really built into the project, the philosophy? Because we go away from Old Trafford. I think really disappointed that it's only a point. Before I get Matt's take on it, Sam, what do you feel about Spurs' performance up at Old Trafford? What did you make of the game being there yourself? I thought that I thought Tottenham were excellent, um, and what we obviously it's been sort of well reported and well mooted over the past sort of twenty four hours. And the, the amount you went there dominated the game, sixty five percent possession. I think you had. 19, 20 shots at Old Trafford, albeit against and you know a, a, one of the most indifferent Man United teams that I can sort of I can remember. But you still went there and, and, and did it with I think is it ten? You got or eleven uh, players who are unavailable for sort yeah. of various different reasons. Um, that that takes some doing um, at Old Trafford, you know, in front of Sir Jim Ratcliffe for the first time. Um, that you know the United players would have would have wanted to put on a show for for you know for their new minority sort of stakeholder there and but Tottenham went there uh, pulled the plug on the atmosphere really and 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 and, domin and dominated the game and um, I saw some comments obviously I'm sure we'll touch on them later uh, from Roy Keane who, who sort of tried to who tried to sort of placate the the the, the praise that Tottenham were getting after the after the game. Um, I think there's probably credence to what he was saying that yes, they didn't win the game and it was and it was still a draw. But I felt the way they went up to Old Trafford and 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 the manner in in which they performed, I I I, I genuinely believe that was that was a, almost like like a statement statement performance really, and and it it will it will certainly serve the players and the squad really really well going into the sort of the final the final three or four months of the season. Because if you can do that with without half of your squad, you, you know, arguably, I was looking at it today, I was writing a piece about it today, for out the plays that are unavailable yesterday, maybe three or four of those will probably go straight into the starting 11. Yep. Uh, Madison, Son, Bissouma. Kulisevsky. Kulisevsky. Yeah. And arguably Saar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's five players. That's half your team. Yeah. Um, so to go there without those players uh, and still produce that level of performance is testament to obviously to the work that Ange has done there and implementing a philosophy and a style of play uh, 
that you just simply won't move away from, regardless of, of the circumstances of where you're playing, who you're playing against, whether you've got whether you, you've got ten men or nine men, as we saw against Chelsea uh, <laughs> early, earlier in the season. Uh, it's testament to that, but it's also a testament to the belief that I think that that that, that has been nurtured now in 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 that squad. But you've had such a good start and a promising start under Ange Postecoglou, and and when you when you have substantial proof of 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 the fact that his methods are working, and I, what I mean by that are the results. You've had good results. I think that 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 kind of nurtures a belief. So to, to go up to Old Trafford to make that sort of performance, okay, without the result, but to 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 make that sort of performance and put that kind of display in, I think moving forward that that will that will almost sort of serve, you know serve as a as a as a as a as a landmark as a landmark performance. I think. I do agree. I mean, Matt, bringing it over to you. Look, Gary Neville said upon the finishing of the match, they've come to Old Trafford Spurs and dominated. They should have won. Perhaps the injuries meant they couldn't finish the job in the end. But we've watched an away team that are better and the away team were without five or six players. I mean, Matt, I'm not going to steal your eloquent tweet you put out there in relation to what Spurs have done this season against some of the so-called top four, top six. But I'll let you explain where Spurs have been this season, what they have done, because when you look at the teams they faced away from home, they've come away unbeaten against those sides. I'm not going to say we're fund them out. I'll let you take over and tell us about those teams and what they have done, Matty. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the, the, the Spursy tag is is always going to be there. I don't think we're ever going to be able to get away with get away from it because over the last five, ten years, I don't think we fit into that as much as other teams have. You know, there, there are some teams, I'm not going to name them, who have been top at Christmas three times and not won the Premier League yet, who had an eight-point lead, a ten-point lead and not won the Premier League. Um, but in, in the games this season, away to Arsenal, we went behind twice and we, we, we came away with a point. At the Etihad, we went behind twice, we came away with a point. And now at Old Trafford, we, we've gone behind twice and, and come away with a point. And the Emirates is the only one there where, where we've had a full squad. It was, I was only looking at the other day, the, the bench we actually had for that Manchester City game. Um, a, a Newcastle fan, uh, a friend of mine was given out about the bench that they had against Manchester City. And in, com- in comparison to the bench that we had, there was four or five youth players on it. There was two goalkeepers. Yesterday against United, we had two goalkeepers and we still couldn't fill the bench. So many of the circumstances of these games are against us, but still we're able to find that fight. And I think that the 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 benchmark of a good manager is that he's able to improve the starting 11 that uh, that he has, whether it's players he's brought in or not. But for a great manager, he improves the whole squad. And that's what Ange Postacoglu has done. And if you want to take positives from, from the injuries and suspensions we've had this season, there's been a lot of game time for, for Pierre-Emile Hoybier, for Ben Davis, for, for Oliver Skip, for these players that, that weren't getting in the team at all earlier in the season, whereas now they're getting their chance to to really bet into this new system and and and, and get to know what, what's needed of them if they are ever on the pitch. So short term, yeah, look, we could be top of the table if we didn't have as many injuries as we had. We're only six points away in some very winnable games in the middle there. But everyone in this squad is is starting to improve and even to, to go further in the injuries, what what's what's been most frustrating for me is it always seems to be clusters of the pitch where we're missing players because Romero and Van de Ven, they were missing at the same time for, for five, six, seven games. You know, Sammy, you were saying there, there's five players that we were missing that would arguably go straight into our, our starting 11, arguably the front five that, that we're going to need. You know, it's never okay. one player from okay. here, one player from there. It's always just like. one area of the pitch that's, that's so heavily affected. Um, but, we're, but we're getting through it. And the the fact that we're, we're coming out of, um, of this mini winter break still... I know some people might say we're not going to win the title, but we're we're in with the show. We're we're in a title race. It's it's absolutely crazy, and there, I think there's been a bit, little bit of revisionism about where we actually were last season. I've seen a few people say that Pastacoglu came in to 
uh, a decent atmosphere. He said, we finished eighth. It couldn't have got any worse. It absolutely could have gotten worse. And it was rapidly getting worse. We sacked an interim manager nine months ago. It, I mean, if, if that doesn't tell you how, how bad things were, I don't know what could. But but Pastacoglu has, has turned it all around. He's brought in some phenomenal players that, that, that get what we want and get what we need in that dressing room. And I think day by day, it's 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 heading in the direction that, that we wanted to go. And that performance and that result yesterday is just another piece of evidence of that. You know what, Matt? I, I can't disagree with what you're saying there. I really can't. I mean, I am torn when we use that word title race because I look at games like yesterday. I look at games like Arsenal. Look at games like City. I know these are not easy games. I know you're not going to go up there and win. But I just feel if you could convert one of those games from a draw into three... I would have a genuine belief that we are in a title race. I mean, Sam, as the outsider, <laughs> I hate asking this question. You can see I'm smiling. Uh, look, because I'll tell you why I'm smiling, right? We're the 15th of January, right? This is real uncharted territory. We're yeah. over the halfway mark of the season. I mean, look, well, we have played, uh, I think, more than uh, the games ahead of one, apart from Villa, to be fair. Villa are, are on the same amount of games that we've played, 21. Of course, the rest of the top four or five have played, have played 20. I mean, Sam, Spurs currently sit... Five points off the top of the Premier League. Of course, Liverpool do have a game in hand. We're level on points of Arsenal, who again, made that point, they do have a game in hand. Sam, I'm trying to keep a straight face here. Are Spurs in the title race, Sam? You know, I made, I said, I heart back to a piece that I wrote earlier today that um, that, we, that will go that will go out later on um, tonight and, and, and be, in, be in a Daily Mail tomorrow morning. You've got to look at the, you know, when when you, when you decipher that question and when you try and answer that question, I think the the best your best guide to answering that question is the league table. You know, if you look at the league table, then the the the, the fact of the matter is is that Tottenham are in the title race because you're five points adrift of of, of the team that are top of the table, uh, with you know just under half of the games to go. Um, look, realistically, do I think you're going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season? Probably not. No, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think um, uh, the team w- 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 is quite there and, and good enough to compete with with City now, who have De Bruyne back. You know, Liverpool look strong, uh, and 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 they, you know they strengthen. But no, listen, they've they've lost they've lost Mo Salah, haven't they? For to. Uh, to, to the African Nations Cup for, for for a while, so it'll be interesting to see how how uh, they react to to his, to his absence. You know, Arsenal, will, 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 I'm sure, will come again. Um, but at the moment, you're there, you're there, you are there, you are in the title race, the, 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 and 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 the facts back absolutely back that up. So when Ange Postecoglou says last last Friday at uh, 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 that is press conference at Enfield that Tottenham are in the title race, and it makes pretty much every single back page uh, the, on on Saturday morning. It's absolutely true, and it's absolutely right because they, you know, they are, and and then, again, that is testament to, to to the work that he's done. And I just wanted to pick up up, up on something that Matt 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 just said in his in, in his in his excellent previous answer about uh, the you know the the, the the kind of reaction that. Costa Cogli was had on on his players and, and 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 the squad in general because it's not just the players that that he's using that are responding to his methods and he, and he just just how he is as a guy a lot you know a lot of the dealings and conversations that I've had uh, with regards to Tottenham this season and and Angie's approach to players 
is that even the players who are on the peripheries of the squad, uh, who would generally be upset with the way they've been treated or not, or not happy with the way they've been treated, absolutely love him because he's just a straight up and down guy. He just tells them straight, look, I, I get you be frustrated, but you're not playing. And these are the reasons why you're not playing. And I think when you're a footballer, you you appreciate that honesty. You know, you don't want you don't want to be you know fed uh, a line just to you know from from your manager just to just to um, uh, just so he can appease you and you know and and he can play a political a, a political game. Players don't want that. They just want honesty. And from everything that I've heard about about Ange Postecoglou is that he's straight up and down. He's honest, and even to the point where the players that he's not playing want him to succeed. So, you know, when... That's interesting. That is so interesting. Yeah. So when, you know, when those players are, are on board, then, you know, you can imagine what the what he's like to play for, for the players who are in the team, who do have a chance of playing. And I think that is that is almost his biggest accomplishment. Yeah, it isn't... The, it, I don't think it is the league table, although the results have been good. I, I don't think that is... I think the way he has galvanised that squad who, you know, listen, we've heard all the stories about what the squad was like under under Antonio Conte towards the back end of the city. You know, he was fractured and, you know, there were cliques, and, but he, he, he's he's sort of put it all back together and he's, he's repaired it with with um, with honesty and, and you know, just being a genuinely good guy and, and he's been, you know, he's, he's himself and he's authentic and, and the players have responded to that. And I think that is why, um, on top of the, the the sort of the brilliant, I think, uh, attacking philosophy and front foot philosophy that he is that he's installed, I think his man management is 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 a major reason as to why Tottenham have performed so well this season. Oh, Sam, you're getting me excited, mate. <laughs> this is the problem with this football club, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, mate, I love this football club, but I tell you what, <laughs> when they reel you back in and they break your heart again, it's the worst. Cause you like you always say. I'm not going back. I'm not putting myself through yeah. this again. And they reel you back in and give you that home yeah. oxygen. And you're like, damn, they've got me again. They've got me again. And my God, when, you, when you're hearing you, mate, say there, I mean, that, you know, that says so much, doesn't it, Matt? I mean, I think what Sam says there is representative of what we're seeing that to be able to keep not just 11 players happy, to be able to keep 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 players happy, which is representative of the fact, Matt, that I don't think you could say this season has been too many games in which we simply haven't turned up. I mean, Wolves was a massive disappointment. We led the game for obviously large period of it right to the very, very end and just simply didn't get over the line. We discussed the fact about the Villa, the West Ham performances, but Spurs haven't underrange yet, in my opinion, been totally and utterly outplayed. And that again goes back to Sam's point there is that you do feel the dressing room are absolutely buying into this man. And I think there's no greater example of that as in yesterday. They score Spurs within 52 seconds of the restart. This is a man that has a dramatic effect on that dressing room in every single team talk that man takes. I just want to pick Sam up on one thing, Matt, and throw it to you and not put Sam in a difficult position. Sammy says, in his opinion, he doesn't think Spurs have got the depth for the second part of the season to be in the title race. But if I say to you, Matt, but we're getting all of our integral players back for the second half of the season, the likes of Sonny, the likes of Madison. Pat Matasar, Eve Basuma, 
Is there an argument, Matt, based on the first 11 games where Spurs were top up until the Chelsea game? Could you make an argument, Matt, that we should be even stronger and therefore could push one of those teams at the top all the way, Matt? Do you want me to say we're winning the league? Is, is, that, is that what you're asking me, Ricky? <laughs> um, no, look, I, I, I completely get your point. Um, and I, I, I look, I, I kind of said it when we went in that run. It was a four defeats in five after um, after that game against Chelsea when, when people were really losing their mind. Some people were crazily starting to to question Ange Postacoglu. I think that, that first 10 games of the season is 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 up up here. The next five are down here, and we're gonna we're gonna even out somewhere in the middle. Um, and look, obviously having the 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 full collection of players available is gonna is gonna help us kind of push a little bit back up to where we were. I, I don't think we're gonna have a period for the rest of the season where we are hitting that what was it eight wins in ten with with two draws, playing the the incredible football that we were for ninety minutes every game. I don't think we've really seen a full ninety minutes where where we played to that level since then. Obviously, I know again the the injuries playing a part. Um, but I, I think you just do need to compare us to to what else is there. I think looking at ourselves on our own, yes, that is a, an incredible team that can that can beat anyone on their day. But how 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 close are we really to Manchester City when when De Bruyne is in that team and, and when Haaland comes back? I, I I don't think we're close enough to to say that we, we we have a very very good chance towards the end of the season. I think if luck goes our way again, we're in that title race. But I, I don't want to get ahead of myself and and say that 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 we're going to do it. But look, and, and the point as well that you made about the the players really buying into to Ange Postecoglou and I, I I love the interview he did. Uh, I think it was with Rio Ferdinand towards the start of the season yeah. where they were looking at, at at a bit of the way we played in the end of the first half in that friendly against Shakhtar Donetsk when when we were one 0 up and uh, Rio Ferdinand pointed out that our, our pressing was really lethargic. Uh, Shakhtar had the ball at the back and Kane was the only one even in their half pressing high up the pitch and Postacoglu made the point that we were playing the scoreboard rather than the game itself and that point that I made earlier about constantly coming back in these games when we go behind uh, away to big teams uh, a few games where we've, we've killed it off with uh, quite a few goals that Newcastle game comes to mind it's 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 because he has fully instilled that mentality and that philosophy that every phase of play is equal. There's no phase of play where, okay, we're going to have to just defend and hope to, to get through the half time. It's every single time you get the ball, you do the same thing. Don't play the scoreboard, play the game, play the, play the 11 players that are in front of you. And as every single player buys into that more and more, we're going to get closer and closer to, to potentially being able to call ourselves um, champions of England. There's a long way to go. A bit more depth needs to be added, but we're, we're fully on that path. Listen, we are getting a bit excited. Why can't we? We've had a really good start to the season. Uh, talk about depth. That's where we are going to turn to next. Oh, we've got the wonderful Sammy Mottbell here, of course. Obviously, Mouse Sports very, very own. We are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners and audience. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. Crackers here with your 2024 Legends event update. Thursday, the 7th of March at Tillswood Golf Club in Surrey. Echo 61. .co.uk have England legend Stuart Pearce. Friday the 8th and Saturday the 9th of March, Sandro is appearing in Limavady and Dublin respectively. That's Emerald Spurs events across the socials for tickets. Worcester Spurs at Worcestershire County Cricket Club. They have Harry Redknapp on Thursday the 14th of March. Friday the 15th of March at Dartford FC, South East Thames Spurs have Paul Stewart and Paul Walsh. H2O Legend Events.co.uk for tickets there. Monday the 18th of March, Sporting Experiences.co.uk have Glen Hoddle at the Wylots Theatre, Potters Bar, Hertfordshire. And finally, Friday the 22nd of March, Close Encounter.events have Harry Redknapp at the Penridge Suites, Arnest Grove, North London. So there's your update at Mr Cracknell across the socials for further info. Cheers. Thank you so much for all your incredible support for last one on Spurs. I'm joined by look, my co-host of these transfer shows that are still very much fun, despite Spurs bagging two very early ones. The wonderful Matty Hayes is back alongside me, as is Chief Football Reporter for the Mail, of course, the wonderful Sammy Mottbell, all this man's work you see online will be getting a piece out there very, very soon about Roy Keane. And Joel, we'll quickly touch upon that now, Sam, if we can. Because, um, look, on the back of that United game, <laughs> the worst thing you could do is turn on sometimes Sky Sports after the back <laughs> of, uh, you know, the back of a really good game against Man United. Because, I mean, just to quote Roy Keane, I'll paraphrase because I don't have the full quote marks available to me here. Uh, Roy was... And I've got to say, Roy also has said he's a Spurs fan. For those that watch the overlap, Roy says yeah. he's a Spurs fan. And sure, you know what? what I will say about Roy is maybe he's a Spurs fan because sometimes we hate Tottenham and we're Tottenham fans. So it does make sense. It does feel like he absolutely hates the football club at times, which does yeah. make a lot of sense and a lot of pain that he's put them through. But um, he quoted the fact that he doesn't really understand the absolute hype around that result, given the fact Spurs didn't win the game and all this praise was being dished out, the bus driver was getting praised, the players were getting praised, uh, the coaching staff was getting praised. I don't think the bus driver did actually get the praise. I mean, what did you make, Sam, of those comments from Roy? And what did you take out of them for you? And we really got a piece coming out. So give us yeah. a bit of momentum about this piece. Yeah, so uh, we were, really, so as, a, as, a, as, a, as an outlet, we were really interested in, 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 in Roy's comments from, from, from last night. Uh, after the game, just just to the just to the point that did you know did, did he have a point? Does he have a point? You know, because we were all everyone was was, was waxing lyrical about this performance uh, at Old Trafford, but you know, in effect, he was right. You know, they they you know they they fell behind. The Tottenham fell behind twice, uh, and they didn't and they didn't win the game. You know, um, so I think Roy Keane's point was was hang on a minute, put you know. They were good, but put your foot on the ball because you, you know, the 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 end product of being playing well in a football match has to be 
winning, actually winning the game and getting the three points. And, and you know, that is just something that Tottenham, you know, for as well as they played yesterday, didn't execute that. So um, I think he made a a fair point and a very, very valid point. And it was it was a point enough for us to go and explore and to and to try and answer the question as to whether you know this new Tottenham manager under Andy Postecoglou, whether you know, are they the real deal or is it just a load of hype? And um, hopefully, what I've done by what I've done, what I've written, will 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 should say that I think Tottenham are the real deal. I think there are a lot of really positive signs this season under Andy Postecoglou, but that that does have to come with. A load of ca- with with certain caveats, mm. you know. I yeah. don't think we can judge. We can't judge them now as well as and you know, as good as they've been. You know, five points off the top of the table, they are in the title race. So, you know, so far so good. Uh, I go on to make again to make the point about the about trophies, and you are in the title race, and you're still in the FA Cup. So there there, there, there are those to go for. Um, but I think what would what would realistically. Uh, symbolize tangible uh progress and success this season would be and i'm sure you guys would agree would effectively be finishing in the top four i think that would provide realistic and tangible genuine authentic progress and success for this season yeah okay it's not a trophy um but there are only there are only a certain number of trophies you can win in a, you know in a season and you know, Man City won them all last season, so it's you know it's even harder now to to win to to to, to get anywhere near yeah. with those trophies. So for me, if you are to if if Ange Postecoglou's first season in charge is to be deemed a success, then a total success, then I think getting into the top four and and qualifying for the Champions League would signify. As I say, genuine, genuine progress, and I think everyone connected with Tottenham should be, and would be happy with that. So, you know, going back to the point about Roy Keane, I, 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 I think it was slightly harsh given the way that Tottenham played yesterday, but he makes he makes a a very, very valid point. Matt, what's your takeaway from Roy Keane's comments? I know again with Spurs fans, he does. Split opinion. Many do, as Sam says, their value is honesty. I, I go back to the point I said to you earlier that I feel if Spurs had turned one of those draws away at some of those big significant clubs into a win, I feel Spurs have given a lot more backing and belief in a potential title race. I think what actually I heard Simon Jordan say, and again, Simon Jordan does polarise opinion um, very much on TalkSport, that and I, I do understand where he came from with this. With this. He said the point that Spurs so far under Ange, they whilst they've shown they can take aggression in a game, they've not physically. And I, I mean, I'm putting put this in football terms. Right? They've not physically squeezed the life out of an opponent where you feel they've got complete utter control of it. And I understood where he was coming from because I think, like you said earlier, Matt, we've not yet seen Ange ball be dominated for a full 90 minutes. And that can come down to many factors. It could be coming down to the fact we haven't got the players in terms of the 11 yet to be able to do that. It can come down to the fact that the amount of injuries Spurs have suffered because of the consequence of playing Ange Ball. But what do you feel for you, Matt, on the back of Roy Keane's comments? Were they fair? Were they harsh? Where do you sit? Um, I, I think I think they were harsh for, for two reasons. The first, the first one is I think he's taking it out on the wrong people. He seems to be angry at Spurs that people are praising them as much as they are. 
that's nothing to do with Tottenham. You know, Ange isn't coming out and, and begging for people to say that everything was perfect. The players aren't coming out and saying, you know, you need, like, it's, it's, it's people outside of Tottenham that are looking in and saying, well, they've been this good at that. They've been blah, blah, blah. There's, there's no reason for Keane to take that anger out on Tottenham. They're just doing what they're going to do. Um, and they're, they're doing it damn well, which I'm, I'm sure he'd, he'd be the, the first Sidman as well. The second thing that I'd say is, if, if the only criticism he can really put at Tottenham is, well, you're not perfect, I think that says a, a, a hell of a lot about how far we've actually come. Um, and I used to always make this point about, about Pochettino's spell at, uh, at Spurs, um, where people always said, but it didn't matter because he didn't win a trophy. Again, if that's the only criticism you can put on him when he came into a team that had Kyle Naughton, Eunice Kabul, and I don't know, Benoit Suicado starting in that back four, and the only criticism you have is you didn't win a trophy, I think you need to look at the journey that, that actually got him from where he was to where he ended up. I will pass the Coglu again with that team he inherited over the summer with the, the disconnect, not only in the dressing room, but all the way up through the club and, and with the fan base as well, with the, the, the terrible football that was being played and the amount of players that had just that just had to go. If now the only thing you can say is it's not perfect or that we haven't squeezed the life out of an opponent over 90 minutes, I think you need to look at, at, at the progress that has been made there. Um, and look, I know it's 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 way too easy to get caught up in in the moment and kind of just evaluate what's right in front of your eyes as as a sole sort of factor. But the overall context, the overall progress is, is absolutely fantastic. And I think we need to be a bit, a bit, a bit more balanced, I'd say, when, when looking at what Spurs have actually done. Yeah, that's no, an interesting piece. Again, Sam has got that live for you. For listeners on audio, that is available right now. You can go and check that out, of course, on Mouse Ball. Obviously, for Sammy there, that's where you'll find that piece. Interestingly, guys, what I want to do bring to air is that the FIFA Best Awards are taking place. Um, this is on the previous, of course, night for the listeners on audio. Uh, Tottenham captain Huminson voted and Postacoglu first in his FIFA The Best Coach rankings. Harry Kane, former Tottenham Hotspur striker, still feels really weird saying that, uh, voted and third in the best coach rankings, which again, I think says you a lot about, and Sam said this earlier, you know, it's not always the players that were playing or players that were on periphery of moves. You know, there's been that genuine respect for Ange across, you know, the squad, which tells you how that man is managing it. And in terms of managing the squad, Sam, coming over to you, look, we've touched upon already, I feel like the injuries, the suspensions and Ange's start so far. I want to ask you about the contract dual situation, if that's okay. We've seen, obviously, Pat Matassar recently sign a new contract until 2030. That was in further enhanced on the contractual situation with Destiny Adogi committing his future long-term to the football club. Now, we have got a couple of players that are entering, you'd say, the crucial elements of the two, three-year period. You've got Hummin Son in there, Giovanni Lo Celso, Benton Core, who I think that guy's stock is rising every game, though, isn't it? He's been absolutely superb since coming back. And Eve Basuma. Anything we should keep an eye on at the moment, Sam? in the real short term that you can see any players committing their future beyond those contractual limits at the moment? I think, I think the, the club will look to get January out of the way first before kind of finalising any of those uh, renewals of, 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 of those deals. But generally speaking, and you know, there's never going to be a hard and fast rule, but Tottenham uh, under Daniel Levy, are immensely reluctant to let players go into the into two into the final two years of their contracts. I think you know that 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 has uh, that has always been the case recently. Recently, really, over the past sort of two or three years, there is a reluctance from Daniel Levy to do that, given the given the dangers and the risks of of of, of players running down their contracts, uh, and you know the difficult situation that that could potentially leave the club. Um, so look, Benton Core, I think, is such an integral part of your 
of, of, of the way you play. I think he just gets it, doesn't he? He gets Ange ball. He gets, you know, he's such an intelligent player that um, I can just see, you know, he is, he is, he is crucial to the way uh, Tottenham need to want to play and need to play. And, you know, that will be one for sure that they will look to do uh, at least at the very least to have a conversation to try and get him to ensure there's no kind of uncertainty over his future going into the summer. Um, goes without saying that, you know, Hyungmin Son is your is your probably your most high profile player and your star player and you you know in your in your centre forward at the moment. So trying to avoid any uncertainty over his that, that there is certainly a conversation to to be had with Hyungmin Son. I, I think he's got has he got two years, will he have two years left heading into the summer? Yes, that's correct. That is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that is one that is one that could you know that that could gather pace towards the back end of the of this season to try and maybe get something agreed uh if not before the end of the season then you know uh, you know at some point in the in the summer or 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 when he returns for pre-season um but yeah look, this, there will be a commitment from Tottenham to ensure that those and and, and you mentioned Basuma as well you know he, he's had some sort of maybe some disciplinary issues problems uh, on the pitch, hasn't he? And I think that's um, and and you know that, that it will need that will need sort of addressing. But again, he's played he's played an important role under uh, you know under Poster Coglu, and I'm, I'm sure there will be a conversation to be had with with uh, with him as well. You mentioned there that we'd be looking to get January out of the way uh, to looking a bit more at that business going into the window. Uh, we all knew the priority was to, to bring in a centre back, which we which we managed with Radu Dragashin, and as well bringing in a versatile front player. Uh, Timo Werner has joined on loan. It's heavily rumoured that that centre mid is going to be our, our focus for the rest of the window. If if we do get a deal done, is that is that the only one Spurs are looking at, or do you know what what, what the focus might be on for the next two weeks? I think if they can get a centre midfielder, that is. Towards the top of their of their priority list, I think they would they will look they if they can they would they would they would happily do that in 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 January. Um, but I don't think they will just get one in for the sake of it. Um, they will they you know they will do one that they would if they you know they would do a play that would fit into the that, that they have identified and would fit into their into their plans long term. The one the immediate one that that springs to mind is one that they would do. In a heartbeat, is is, is Conor Gallagher uh, at Chelsea? You know, long been rumoured that, that Angie's a, is a big fan of his. Those those assertions are are genuine. You know, Tottenham are are in the market for Conor Gallagher. Uh, that's my information anyway. Um, I was speaking to someone um, relatively recently, and another uh, another recruitment figure at another Premier League club who. Who who suggested to me that you know Tottenham this and this was in November that, that Tottenham were already on the case with regards to with regards to Conor Gallagher uh, in January if they can get it over the line I, I I think it would be a difficult deal to do right now um, ahead of the ahead of this deadline but and I can but I can see Tottenham making Conor Gallagher a top priority uh, or the top priority uh, in 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 the summer window. You know, provided he hasn't signed a new contract at Chelsea by then, and, and obviously those talks are uh, are are ongoing at, at, at Chelsea. But um, I would see that move having big potential, and I think that has that that will have legs because um, the interest is 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 certainly genuine. 
if I could just throw another couple of names at you, um, Calvin Phillips is one that's uh, that's come up in the last couple of days. Maybe if Gallagher is is a deal that we'd be looking at in the summer, maybe a, a six month loan for for Calvin Phillips uh, could be on the table. And as well, Hayden Hackney um, for Middlesbrough scored the winner against Chelsea in, in the League Cup last week. Is is there any legs to either of those rumours? Calvin Phillips is being, uh, I think, my information on that on that front, generally speaking, is is that Manchester City want a want a really big loan fee for that uh, for that deal to happen and it's substantial and I think clubs even the top clubs who have got money to who have got some money to spend are looking at those deals and have analyzed those numbers and thought that it just doesn't it doesn't stack up um it's too much for for a player that we're not going to get on a permanent permanent deal and then don't forget as well they I think they're going to want the 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 buying club to to, to pay a, a significant portion of his wages as well. So for a six month deal, um, the numbers, and I know a lot of clubs have looked, looked at the numbers and thought, no, that's just it's simply not doable. It's not worth it. What I think will happen eventually with Calvin Phillips is I think club, the big clubs like Tottenham um, who have looked at it, thought about it and maybe thought, no, it's probably not for us. And this win in this window, they will move on. And I think there is then a, a lower level of club um, that um, will then look to maybe do do um, Calvin Phillips later on in the window if they can do it at a, at a lower price. Um, but I, I, I just I, I don't think he will be a priority for, for Tottenham right now. Just one more note of throat, if you don't mind, Sam, that's come to light in the last uh, day or so is that of Wolves midfielder Jao Gomez. I feel that comes on the back of obviously of Wolves mm. situation financially. I mean, again, I think they're riding the line with regards to FFP. I mean, look, we record on the day here in which we've seen Forrest and Everton again charged with in breach of the FFP regulations. Any rumours you've heard on that one in terms of Joe Gomez being available and a player maybe at Spurs have looked at or scouted at all from mm. your understanding, Sam? I saw the reports. I've seen the reports this morning. Uh, try to verify. I, 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 I've not got sort of I've not got significant news to, to, to sort of to bring you on that one it wasn't okay. one that immediately yep. was hot uh, right. when I okay. asked when I, that I, when I asked the question uh not that's not to discredit any of the reports no yep. um, but yeah it, it wasn't something that I um someone immediately come back to me and say yeah that's correct so um that might be one just to suck and see Okay, no problem at all. And what I might just do, if you don't mind, Sam, is just because you've only brought up Gallagher, it might be worth in terms of just trying to um, deal with the players that are kind of coming up on Mm -hmm. Gallagher. What I'm really interested to ask you is that, look, there's many uh, different feelings around Gallagher. Some maybe maybe trying to understand, well, look, the guy, I mean, I know this is not an obvious thing at the moment because Chelsea's still got a battle to do. He's Mm -hmm. arguably got, what, can I say a quarter of a foot? (laughs) In a cup final, I don't know you can call it a call because I've got what I've got work to do. I've got work to do, Matt, haven't they? Chose to turn that around. And when you also consider the fact that he's currently the standing captain, it is his boyhood club. I mean, am I right in saying, Sam? And this just sounds like a real basic thing to ask you, but I feel like I've got to ask you this that surely Spurs would not be showing encouragement for the player if they've not been tipped off somewhere down the player's reps end that he would mm. be interested in a move to Spurs because. All yeah. I see really from a lot of Chelsea social accounts is that Gallagher would not want to look at Spurs. But then again, I mean, why would Spurs be sniffing around the player that yeah. wouldn't have a genuine interest in moving to the club? And again, it appears that 
work has gone into this, not just over yeah. one window, but over a couple to bring the player to the club, regardless of it might be this window or the summer, Sam. Mm. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're totally right, Ricky. I think they, you know, they they, they wouldn't go and pursue or hold a, a genuine interest, a genuine long-term interest in the player without having had the encouragement to do so. Now, there are several reasons why, uh, you know, representatives of Conor Gallagher would would give would 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 give Tottenham encouragement to to to, to sort of continue their interest. Like the, the 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 most basic one is is yes. He would be absolutely interested in a move to Tottenham if if push came to shove. Obviously, this, the, the cynical side of me, and I, I have seen this happen so many times before that, you know, uh, you know Gallagher or Gallagher's reps may use Tottenham's interest to kind kind of drive a new contract at, uh, at Chelsea. And we, you know, we know he's Chelsea through and through. He's come through the academy there. He's, you know, he's he stated. And, and you know we've had information that he I think he'd probably at least for the time being stay and fight for his place and play regularly at at, at the team that he he came through the ranks at. But this is professional football, and you know every player, certainly one who's in the England squad and and went to the you know went to the World Cup will go to it will likely go to the Euros next summer. Um, players like that come at a premium, and. If Chelsea, who are, you know, we've sorry to bring up FFP again, but you know, who that there are always questions over Chelsea and how much they spent and how and how close to the win they're flying with FFP. Um, if Conor Gallagher, Conor Gallagher doesn't feel that he's getting paid what he should be getting paid, and he may be able to get a better deal or get more money at Tottenham, then you know that. That that may also be a factor moving uh, moving forward into the into the summer transfer window, but I think there is a lot of, a lot of water under the bridge that needs to be sort of, that needs to pass before 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 that, and I, I I just think Gallagher will end up staying for the time being, and then I think that the, the an ultimate and a final decision will be made at the at the end of the season. That's your gut feeling, it sound for you that. It's a gut feeling. It's a gut feeling, yeah. It's a gut feeling that you know. Yep. I know Tottenham are interested. That's absolutely clear, and there's no, there is no doubt about that in my mind. Yep. I, 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 I just think that deal is, is, is easier to do in, 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 in January. You know, there'll be more. Yeah, that he'll have more legs to it then. And at one point, obviously, we must add with with Gallagher is because he's homegrown that he counts as absolute pure profit on uh, Chelsea's balance FFP balance sheet if they were to if they were to sell him which obviously given maybe the problems that Chelsea may have with FFP moving forward I think that that could also be a factor interesting I'm going to hand over to Matt I'm going to maybe ask Matt to roll two into one for me in relation to Timo Werner's start at Spurs and where that maybe leaves with Charleston long term who at the moment can't stop scoring so Matt it's an easy one for you mate I'll throw it over to you my mate yeah, look, the the biggest fear for Spurs heading into this season was that that we might not be able to replace the goals and assists. You can't forget of of Harry Kane after his big move to uh, to Bayern Munich. Timo Werner, it, w- it was a decent start for him yesterday. Sammy getting a, an assist for that goal for Rodrigo Bentancourt in the second half, and he said himself that you know he's not exactly a goal scorer anymore, but but he feels he can contribute a little bit more, maybe in the way of assists for Tottenham, and that could work out uh, with the form that Richarlison has hit at the perfect moment uh, with Son heading off to the Asian Cup at six and six now for Richarlison. 
um, eight goals and three assists in all competitions for the season, which is more than any Arsenal attacker and also more than any Premier League forward that's dissed him on a podcast that will remain remain unnamed. Um, <laughs> look, I'm just interested to see, uh, Sammy, how how you think Tottenham might fare um, for the rest of the season with, with those forward options. Um, Werner just coming in and, and Richarlison hitting some form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Um... I, I wrote a piece on Werner on his debut yesterday, and I thought there was I thought there were some positive signs with Werner without setting the world on fire. Uh, I thought there was he showed enough for there to, to prove that there is there is something to work with there. I totally agree with him that he isn't a goal scorer. I thought the chances that he that he did have, he had three in the first half. That he showed very little composure in those, in those positions, and I thought he was very erratic. Um, particularly one with a, a the last, I think he was one just before with just before half time. Um, beautiful pass by Oliver Skip, uh, and the yeah, the finish was 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 wayward and and lacked and lacked composure and any kind of any kind of finesse. And that was the that was always his downfall um, at Chelsea. You know, he'd get himself into really good positions. His pace and, and movement would get him into good positions, but the the the, the, the finishing was always lacking. Um, only from what we saw yesterday, I, I think that may continue to be the case. But that isn't to say that he, he you know, he can't have an important role to play uh, down one of the, you know, down one of the flanks. He, I thought, I thought he worked hard. I thought he, he, you know, he put his hand up to go to run back and to, and to be disciplined. And you know, as you say, he he put the goal on the plate for for uh, for Benton Core on the um, uh, at the start of the second half. And I thought that would be that was a big positive for him. He can certainly be a big option. For them uh, and an important option, but I just I, what I just don't see how he would play regularly. Will start regularly once you've got all of your once you've got all of your best players back. Uh, you know we, we still got Hyungmin Son to go back into that side. Kulusevski still got still to go back into that team. Um, that was, it's a tall order for him to play regularly, but I think he you know coming off the bench and you know maybe where where Ange may rotate some of his wide players, I think there is um, there is certainly scope there for for him to uh, to play some role. Richarlison, you know, always, you know, he, he, he never lacks on commitment. He's always he's always up for the fight, isn't he? And he's always looks like he's playing on the edge and, you know, he could flip at any minute. But um, he's, he, he's the absolute archetypal confidence player. Uh, he was, you know, he was at Watford. He was at Everton. And you know he is at Tottenham, um, and uh, the fact that he's now scoring goals and he's full of confidence. Um, you know, Kane's gone. You know, he hasn't got that shadow there. He can play maybe with a little bit more, a little bit more freedom. Now he's playing through the centre as well. In uh, in in Son's absence, he's the main man at the moment, and he and, he, and he's thriving on that. And um, that's great for him because uh, you know he's he's genuinely a, a really good guy and. Um, I hope that that, can, that that scenario can continue for him because um, there is talent there, and I think he's had a rough time since since arriving from last season. Sixty million quid, you know, invariably people think you're going to hit the ground running, but you know, you, you are joining a different a, a different setup, and he was joining a team under Antonio Conte at the time that was set up really to defend and didn't really play to his strength. He's he's now in a team that is playing front foot football. High octane, uh, and he's and, 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 he, and he's thriving. I think he's I think he's playing really really well at the moment. Where do we stand on Richarlison's future, Sammy? It all has been been interesting Saudi Arabia in, in mm. the last couple of months. Yeah, and and that, that will continue to that, you know that, that, that and that will continue. There will always be 
uh, rumours with regards to, to, to Richarlison. But um, I would, yeah, I would suspect, and I think he'd be foolish to, 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 to consider that right now in his career. You know, he's at the height of his, of his powers right now. You know, he's playing in a team that are flying. He's the main man. Why would you? Why would you leave? And why would you sacrifice that to go and earn, you know, albeit a hell of a lot more money in um, in, uh, in you know in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia? I, I don't see from a sporting perspective why why he would do that. You know, he's he's already earning you know substantial amounts at, at Tottenham, um, and I think it. The, the the move to Tottenham is taking a long while for him to flourish, but he's he's there now. I don't just I don't see why he would sacrifice all of that hard work uh, to get himself up and running at Tottenham. Just you know to go almost in, instantaneously to go to Saudi Arabia just when his his Tottenham career is taking off. Hi there, this is Russ Williams from the Last Word on Spurs. A few years ago, I researched and wrote a book about the huge physical and mental benefits of one simple form of exercise. It's called How to Walk Yourself Healthy and Happy, and it's helped thousands of people all over the world. Now, I've created an audio course which helps people maybe like you prevent five serious life-threatening conditions and protect themselves for the future. For example, this form of exercise is the closest thing to a silver bullet for conditions like high blood pressure and high cholesterol levels. If you're over 40, this is the information you need and the simple plan to protect yourself and get results. Risk-free, visit walkyourselfhealthyandhappy.com forward slash audio hyphen course or click the website link in my profile on X. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. I am going to try and speed things up a little bit. I am conscious of time to get off those bingo cards for those out there. Um, look, this time last week, the deal was in the balance. There was nerves. There was <laughs> there was a lot going on social media, Sam. And, mate, you're lucky you're here this week, not, not last week, I tell you, because you would have been absolutely peppered on here, I tell you, mate, with regards to Radu Dragashin's deal getting over the mm. line. I think... We all went to bed. I think it was this time last week, Matt, wasn't it? Where we heard of Bayern's interest and there was genuine, I think, maybe acceptance. I think, Matt, you did accept it. Matt was accepted of the fact Bayern had already got the player, already written it off. And uh, we woke up to a lovely surprise this time mm. last week that Radu Dragashin decided to pick Tottenham over Bayern Munich. Look, we're now nearly a week on. What do you make, Sam, of the fact Spurs, it appears, identified and got their number one defensive target? Just how much of a statement does it feel for you? And I just wonder where that leaves Jed Spence. Obviously, he's now gone back on loan the opposite way, of course, to Genoa. Do you feel he's got any sense of a future at Spurs? Or is that loan just really placating the player in terms of game time? What do you feel for you, Sam, on those couple of moves in and out there? Yeah, I. Uh, in terms of Jed Spence, um, I don't think he's got a future at Tottenham. Uh 
it was from 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 a very good uh, from from a very good source. Uh, maybe about ten days ago, when he when he returned from Leeds um, under a cloud, shall we say, um, it was reiterated to me again that as soon as he arrived, he would they would immediately and I wrote it at the time it, they immediately would look to get him out of the door. Um, there 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 are several reasons for that. Um, you know, um, hasn't covered himself in glory, shall we say, since he's since he's been since he's been at Tottenham, um, and you know he's been shipped off to he's been shipped off to G Genoa, and I think for as long as the time as Ange Postecoglou uh, is at the club, and it, it looks to be he's going to be there for a, hopefully for, for your guys' sake for a, for for a long while. Um, I don't think he's got a future at, um, at Tottenham, unfortunately for him. In terms of Dragushin, um, I think that is the power of Ange Postacoglu. I, 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 I was, I was speaking to some people of, of um, uh, some representatives of players at Tottenham have have had an interest in and did have an interest in last summer, and the feedback that I was getting last summer was, mm, we're not sure. Um, you know, you, you Tottenham are in a bit of a period of flux here. You know, they're a transitional period. We don't really know what Ange Postacoglu is going to be like as a manager. We're not really interested in Tottenham this year, this summer. I made the same phone calls last week. And I said, well, what's going on with, you know, what's going on? I won't name the players, obviously. What's going on with X player? And yeah. what's going on, anything with Tottenham? Complete change around. Oh, yeah, yeah, he definitely. I think we. I think he's got legs in, I think he's got legs in the summer. I think that that, that deal's got, you know, that deal's going to happen, you know, could happen. They're definitely interested or definitely consider it. So the tables have literally turned 180, you know, 100, 180 degrees. You know, you've had, you had players last summer, only seven months ago, who were like, mm, we're not sure about that. And in seven months, you know, Ange Postacoglu has turned it around. He's, you know, he's built this reputation already of, 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 of a team that's going places, of a team that's playing attacking football. You know, you know you're going to get honesty from him. He just seems like a, a great manager to work for. And opposing players and potential targets in the summer are, um, are taking notice. And, and and I think that was that was part of the reason why Dragusin chose chose Tottenham over chose Tottenham over Bayern Munich. Can I just say very quickly before Matt comes in there? I don't think I smiled on a show as much with Sammy Bockwell. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's only taken about five years, Sam. It's only yeah, taken five yeah, years. We got, we got there in the end, I didn't we? We, we owed one. We was owed yeah. one. Go on, Matty. I'll throw it you, my man. Yeah, look, well, well, as players fighting each other, try to get in the door, uh, there's one that looks like he'll be on his way out, whether that's uh, this month or in the summer, uh, and that's Pierre-Emile Hoybier. Um, that we know that, that that depends heavily on any move coming in, which could be Conor Gallagher. Um, Sammy, do, do you think it's likely that, that, that Hoybier will be one, one of the first to go in that midfield? Yeah, I think I think his future uh, at Tottenham, uh, his long term future at Tottenham, shall we say, is is probably coming to an end. I think he would have liked to have moved, in all honesty, uh, at the start of this season. I think there was there was obviously the interest in in, in Atletico Madrid for him was was genuine. I think he wanted that move to happen um, for whatever reason. It didn't. Um, and now he's sort of a bit part player in a in a in a team that is high octane, and it's it's all about pressing and uh, and you know getting in getting in your opponent's faces. And I just don't think that is necessarily what Hoiberg is is good at. Uh, so I, I think he will certainly be one that 
um, will look to get off, if not in this window, certainly in the in in the summer window. And he's an excellent player, so I think they'll be takers. I think they'll definitely be takers for Hoiberg. Interesting. You know, on Hoiberg, I've got to say that um, I've said this before with Pierre that I can't question his professionalism. I think again in that game against United was a reassuring factor for me that ultimately you can trust him to do a job mm. and he will do it. And I think that re-emphasised the fact that if the window does close tomorrow and Pierre-Mille Hoybier remains a Spurs player, whilst I think we've said this numerous times, Matty, whilst I think we do feel that he's not suited to the way Andy wants to play and he's not an Andy Postacoglu player, you will get absolutely everything from him. You know, he will give absolutely everything. And I think that gives me a sense of reassurance that whilst there are players there that aren't typically fitted to the style of play, Sam, they'll still give you everything. And I think reality is when we do get those players back, fingers crossed, and hopefully we don't lose any more, that with no due disrespect, I mean, Hoybier will be quite far down that pecking order anyway when you've got Madison coming back, when you've got Saar coming back, when you've got Basuma coming back. So that's obviously quite a shame for the player because I'm sure, I mean, it appears Pierre wants to play every game. He's been used to playing every game, really, I feel, during his period, obviously, of his Spurs career and before that at Southampton. I think he's really struggled with that. And, you know, we have that joke where we say the club, I mean, the games at home are like a nightclub, but, I mean, Pierre's the first, really, off the dance floor. Quote me on it from Werner on the dance floor. He is the first off it. So I'll be interested to see how he does take the fact that if he does remain a player, will we see that attitude change? But, I mean, look, I have to be honest and say, look, for me... Um, I haven't got a massive issue with him staying. I think as long as we don't see the drop in terms of attitude or level of play, then maybe it's one for the summer, Sam. Because you've said it before. I mean, if Gallagher is a real genuine Spurs target, then why rush it? I mean, wait until the summer. And I think we've seen this a lot now with recruitment that, you know, the worst thing you can do is rush. Maybe yeah. it is best to hold off. The same way Liverpool did when bringing Virgil van Dijk and they didn't sign that defender straight away. They waited for Virgil van Dijk. And I want to be against that for Spurs. So, I think it's an interesting one to see how that plays out. And maybe, Matt, I'll hand back over to you. Yeah, I just want to say on the Hoybier point as well, I think that a lot of players, when when they're out of favour in a team where they know it's coming to the end, they kind of down tools. But I think Hoybier knows he's playing for his future and he's, he's playing for whatever potential move he'll, he'll get in the summer. And obviously, it's, it's great for him that, you know, he's going to get that game time. But also, it's great for us that, that we have that reliable option, like you said there, Ricky, um, if, if, we are, if we are going to wait until uh, we might sign Conor Gallagher in the summer. Uh, Sammy, a few more players that uh, look likely to, to be on the way out of Spurs again, whether it's in January or in the summer. There's Sergio Regalon, who had that loan deal at Manchester United, uh, ended early. Uh, Brian Hill as well, who seems to fall further and further down the pecking order, especially now with the signing, signing of Timo Werner. And as well, if I could just ask you about Jaffa Tanganga, who's yet to make an appearance at Augsburg. Do, is there any possibility maybe of that loan being ended and, and a new one found for him this, this month? In terms of Jaffa Tanganga, I just don't see the point of him being at, at, at Augsburg. You know, if you're not playing, then you know th- there will be clubs here who would, you know, maybe in the Championship that would that would that would look to that could offer him regular game time. And for someone who has played regularly for Tottenham for part of his career, to now being elsewhere in in a different country and not playing absolutely any sort of first or virtually no first team football at all, uh, I think that is. That will be difficult for him. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know, but I, you know, I, I can see the, I can see the credence in 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 Tottenham maybe looking to bring him back and trying to get another move for him just to get him playing. Um, 
and that will only help if they will obviously look to move him, look to move him on on a, on a permanent deal. If he's playing regular football at the end of the season, in terms of Regulon, when I was making my inquiries with regards to Jed Spence um, last week or no ten days ago, when he when he when he returned from Leeds, it was it was reiterated to me that it, it would be Spence and Regulon who they would look they were they were looking to find uh, find takers for so. Uh, unless something drastically changes in that in those ten days, which I don't think they have, um, Tottenham are certainly open to to, to business for 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 for, for um, Sergio, you know, Sergio Regulon, and uh, you know, I, I, I expect him to go. Brian Gill, I think there is a player in Brian Gill. I just think the, the he's 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 quite slight, and that isn't against players who are slight no. because. We've seen David Silva, you know Bernardo Silva, Modric, Modric, players of that ilk who, who you know, who, who may not have the physical presence, but my God, they're they're, they're beautiful to watch, and they yeah. they've been some of the best players in you know you know Premier League history. Um, I just don't get that same impression with, with Brian Gillard. Unfortunately, I think that I think the physical aspect of of the Premier League is just too overpowering for him, and and. Um, I just don't think his technical game is good enough to overcome those, uh, be, overcome those obstacles. And yeah, listen, I I've not heard anything with regards to Brian Gill's future, but um, he's way down the pecking order. And I, I, you know, once everyone's fit, and I, I I I suspect that he will be another one who sooner rather than later will probably be out of the door. Sam, before we come on to our two favourite questions to ask you, do you mind me just asking you about Oliver Skip and Brendan Johnson very quickly? They're kind of coming mm. through the comments. I mean, Skippy is. I mean, it's with all due respect. I feel like he also maybe will be quite far down the pecking order when the likes of Madison, Saar, Basuma come back. I just wonder whether you genuinely feel he has got a future at Spurs because, I mean, I mean, 12, 18 months ago under Mourinho, you know, he was the man telling us that Skip could be the next captain of Tottenham. And I feel, Ooh. I don't know, I, again, I don't want to judge a sizable portion Matt, of Spurs X, Spurs Twitter, but it does feel like, we always have one player that is specifically targeted and it used to be Harry Winks. It now appears that's now moved on to uh, Oliver Skip in terms of whether they're good enough. I just wonder, Sam, whether you feel with a journey's hat on and you watch Skip when he plays for Tottenham, do you feel he's got a genuine Spurs future or do you feel that might be up in the air depending on obviously how that pecking order does work out come the summer. And by the fact, I'm sure Skip wants to have a decent Premier League career. I mean, look, for some players that love their boyhood club, you know, turning out 15, 20 games is enough for them. They don't mind playing in the cup and, you know, fulfilling the fact of coming off the bench. But I just wonder whether Skip wants more than that. I'd be interested to get to know your gut on that. And also, Brennan Johnson start to Spurs again yesterday. Is that feeling around Brennan that for what Spurs are paid in terms of the 50 million price tag that maybe we'd like a bit more of an end product? But again, we have to remind ourselves he is fairly young. Just your thoughts on those couple of young players yeah. coming from Spurs? In terms, in terms of Oliver Skip, Ricky, I... Um... I, I, I think there will be his lack of action will 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 sit uncomfortably with 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 him because his his career under under Mourinho and and for a while I think under Conte as well um, you know it was it was it was he was look he was in he was in the in the in the leadership group with with you know Hugo Lloris and and uh, uh, and Harry Kane and Eric Dyer for a while before Ange disbanded that. When he arrived, and you know, I'm told that he's he's now put together a new, obviously a new leadership group with the likes of Son and Madison and and Romero. Um, 
yeah, he's you know his career his career at Tottenham has 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 really gone stale, and yeah, he is he has come through the ranks. I'm sure he loves the club, but you know that there, there, there will come a point in his career where he he says, well, I've got to get out and I've got to play. You know, I've got to be playing regular football because there's definitely a Premier League player in in Oliver Skip for sure. You know, he's shown that in the past. Um, yeah, so I think moving forward, he will he will have to have a difficult conversation, one with himself, with his representatives and on one with the club because, um, yeah, he will want to play. But I, I, I think that is one that can be pushed down. The, that is a can that can kick down the road until the until the end of the season. Um, and who was the last player, Ricky, that you that you were asking about? Brennan Johnson. Only because, again, like, he came in obviously yeah, with a big yeah, price yeah. tag. I also am very confident, Sam, uh, conscious, Sam, he didn't get a full pre-season under range. And that's why, again, very, very reluctant to judge players that haven't had that full pre-season under range. You can pal up Pedro Porro. Look what he's done from having that full preseason under round, right? Yeah, I think Brennan Johnson is going to be a fantastic player. I honestly do. I think he's got every single attribute in the um, that you, that you need to be a very very good Premier League um, attacking player. That you know he's got he's got pace. He's got you know he can, you know he can you know he, he works hard. He's got he's got some power about him as well. Um, but I think you're right. He 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 just needs to embed into that team, and it's diff- that is a difficult thing to do without without having a preseason, and you know uh, having having a full summer to prepare um, for the way a certain manager wants to play. So I I, I yeah I, I think Brendan Brendan Johnson is just my personal opinion. I think Brendan Johnson will come good for Tottenham, and I think he'll be a really really important player for Tottenham in the future. But I think we will see the best of Brendan Johnson. Next season, when he's had that time to in, to embed into into Ange Postecoglou's style of play, Sam, thank you, mate. The interrogation is over. A couple of our favourite questions I had to ask, if you don't yeah. mind, mate. Look, um, I'd be interested to know for you, what do you feel constitutes success for Spurs in the first season under Ange? Where do you think the club will finish in the Premier League, and can we beat City in the FA Cup? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think what would constitute a good season for Ange Postacoglu is 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 a top four finish you know um even if you were to finish fifth and get into the Europa League I don't think that's a disaster um but the way that you've the way that you started the season the first half of the season I think there will probably be among the fan base a tinge of disappointment if you didn't make top four uh I think yeah, that that is the way that would go. So I think a top four finish would be absolutely fantastic. But then I think if you finished fifth, um, that wouldn't be a disaster either. Can you beat City in the cup? I'm going to say no. Unfortunately, I think so. I no, think Sam. Oh, Not no. the final hurdle. You were no. doing so well, Sammy. Oh, doing so well, mate. <laughs> but yeah, no. Listen, I I think I think City are look just clicking into gear now. They always do this, don't they? They always know, do this. I know, Every I know. single January. January, yeah. February, they, they they flick the switch and then they power. They power home. And uh, there, there's ominous signs already that they're going to do this. You know, uh, De Bruyne is De Bruyne is not even fully fit yet, not even sharp. And look at what, you know, look at what he's doing. Haaland isn't even fit, not in the team. And yeah, they, 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 they are going to be strong. So I, I think they... They will be very difficult to. Um, they'll be very difficult to beat. Doesn't Sorry. change your mind, Sam. Can I just say this very quickly before Matt comes in there? Doesn't change the fact you know the stats anyway, Sam. They've not even scored a goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium 
I can't twist your arm, though. You still think it'll beat Spurs? No, 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 I think that, yeah. I'm sorry, lads. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm sure. Listen, you you probably win, and then, and then this kick will go around Twitter. <laughs> what, is it, what does this guy know? I love you, mate. Top man. Go on, mate. Over to you. Um, look, it's a question that is, is definitely much easier given that the Tottenham have done, like we've said, a lot, a lot of business in the early uh, stages of the window. But uh, between now and the deadline on the 1st of February, Sammy, how, how many Spurs, how many players do you think Spurs will, will manage to bring in? What, if you were to do, do any more, it'd be one, I think, one max. I think that the attention now will, will, will shift to trying to maybe just trying to lighten the load a little bit and try and maybe get rid of some players for the right money. Um you know, for the for the for the correct value, trying to trying to offload players uh, to try and kind of go again a bit more, you know, a bit more larger in in um, uh, in, in 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 the summer. Sam, I got to say thank you so much. I love the comments. Sam, what advice you need to learn how to lie? You can't do it, <laughs> these journalists. Look, these guys are in front of the managers every single week. He's part of the biggest British press papers out there, yeah. mate. We always value your honesty. I can honestly say, Sam. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. And can I just say, I'm sure Sam uh, Matt agrees, it's lovely bringing you on when we can actually have a genuine, nice conversation where we're not firing 15, 20 names at you and we can talk more generally about football. You know, I just feel like whenever we bring you on, it's very, who are we signing? Why have we not got them in? Why are we not doing the job? Where it's been a really nice, I think, just general football conversation about just how well Spurs are doing, how well the manager is. And the, I think, again, the insights you give us, Sam, in terms of, the manager behind the scenes, those relationships that are building. I think many that listen and tune into this show now, again, we've got a great contingent of Aussie viewers and listeners now. I know they get so excited when they hear the British press come on here and just say those relationships forming behind the scenes. Are we on to a winner here, Sam? Is he for the long term, do you feel, Ange? Yeah, I do. I, I do. And, you know, the 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 way he is behind the scenes with the with with you know with club staff, the players, um, you just can't beat the you just can't beat the honesty, and I think everyone, whatever line of work, whatever line of work you're in, whether you work in a garage or you know wherever or you know a, a shop floor, you all you really really want from your from your your superiors and your bosses is honesty. You want you want them to tell you where you stand, and um, that's exactly what he does. Um, and you know, long might he continue for for, for Tottenham because they're, they're really benefiting from from that style and it, it is, you know, and this is no slight on, you know, Mourinho or, or Conte, but they, they were maybe, maybe perhaps a, a bit cuter with how they, how they dealt with their, dealt with their players. Um, but Postacoglu is, is, is certainly just a straight up and down guy. And, and I think, I think the players are, are responding to that. Got to agree. Matt, before we close it and give Sammy the opportunity to tell us where we can find all the wonderful work he does. Matt, I tell you what, I've really enjoyed this. You know, it's, it's actually quite nice, Matt. I know we get, we get into the hustle and bustle of transfer windows and demanding who we're going to sign, but is it nice, Matt? We're halfway through and we just get an insight into what it's like working behind the scenes with Ange and ultimately just the hope promise that comes, mate. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 just positives all over the place. And I think what's what's going to happen from this is all the journalists are going to be really annoyed when you start asking them on outside of the transfer window because of how good it's actually been to just <laughs> just sit down and, and, and actually talk about football and, and talk about, you know, the what, what the what the future might hold for Tottenham. Um yeah, it's it's been a great chat and look like I said, the, the positives are, are all over the place. 
Oh, man. You mean I've got to bring Sammy back for instant post-match reaction of the Man City Cup game? <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Only if you've lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Listen, Sam, a reminder, where can everybody find the wonderful work you do? I know I see a lot of it is online. Where can everybody find what you provide out there? to so not just Spurs, but the yeah. general footballing community. Where can we find you, Sam? Yeah, you know, my, my work will go on. It, it, it will go on. The, it goes in the physical daily mail every every every, every morning and mail on Sunday. Uh, my Twitter handle is Sammy Mockbell eighty one underscore DM, uh, and I post all my links to my to, to my work on there. Sam, a minute when I say it's always a genuine pleasure to have you on. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep giving us some positive news, and don't be afraid to give us a couple more signings if you can <laughs> make them happen. Honestly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wonderful Matty Hayes for a brilliant Sammy Mottbell. We've been the last one on Spurs. Thank you so much as always, guys. We'll be back with you soon from myself, from Matt, from Sammy. Keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.